It's been an exciting week at our church and a phenomenal day yesterday when I came to this church a little over a year ago. Immediately I started hearing people say, you have to experience our back to school bash. And of course it couldn't happen last year. And so I've listened for a little over a year to people saying, you have to see this, it's amazing. Wow, it was amazing to watch all of the people who gave time, energy, financial resources, serving resources of one kind or another to make yesterday's event so incredible. I got here, what I thought was early, and the parking lot was full. Um, and people were ready to roll. Um, representatives from seven different churches, all ready to serve in the name of Jesus. And so I walked around watching everything that people were doing and how they were doing it and all the things that were going on. At one point, I came into the sanctuary and sat on the back row. And I watched as a group of children came in and Donna Oser began to share with them about prayer. And as I sat there and reflected on all that I was seeing and listened to Donna talk with them, I just was overcome by all that God was doing. And my eyes started to leak a little bit. Um, I don't like that because I feel like I'm out of control, but what could I do? So my eyes started to leak a little bit and I was sitting there just marveling at how God uses willing servants to make a difference. And then that group kind of cleared out and I was sitting back there by myself thinking, good, nobody's around. And about that time, Donna Reniker walks up from the side and said, so what do you think? I said, almost can't answer because I'm teary-eyed and I'm blown away at what God's doing. And it was so awesome to watch children be loved in the name of Jesus, cared for in practical ways, welcomed, encouraged them and their families. And uh, wow, I was just blown away at what God was doing through willing servants who gave themselves into the hands of God and said, use me. So I just celebrate that and I am so thankful for all you who participated. Some of you spent the last couple of weeks here. I really think you had sleeping bags rolled up somewhere because every time I was in the church, you were here. Um, a lot of you bought backpacks and shoes and socks. Others of you helped with uh, various gifts of yourself and resources, and it was just an amazing work of God to watch. And this morning, I heard Marcus, as he prayed, prayed for the children whose lives we got to touch, that God will continue to work through what was done yesterday. So thank you for all that you did as a part of that. 
We got to touch lives in Jesus' name. The scripture I want to share with you this morning, you've heard for the last three weeks. Again, a different translation today. But uh, follow along with me as we read. And while a large crowd was gathering and the ones from every city were coming to him, he spoke with a parable. The one sowing went out that he might sow his seed, and during his sowing, some seed fell along the road, and it was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the heavens ate it up. And other seed fell down on the bedrock, and having grown, it was dried up because of not having moisture. Other seed fell in the middle of the thorns, and the thorns, having grown with it, choked it. And other seed fell into the fertile soil, and it having grown produced a hundredfold. While saying these things, he was calling, let the one having ears to hear, hear. And his disciples were asking him what this parable might mean. And the one said, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But I speak in parables to the others in order that while seeing they may not be seeing and while hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable means this. The seed is the word of God. And the people along the road are the ones having heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart in order that they may not be saved having believed. And the people on the bedrock are ones who are welcoming the word with joy when they hear it. And these do not have a root. They are ones who are believing for a time and are departing in a time of testing. And the seed, having fallen into the thorns, these people are the ones having heard and while proceeding are being choked by the anxieties and riches and pleasures of life. And they are not bringing fruit to maturity. And the seed in the good soil, these people are the ones who having heard the word in a good and fertile heart are holding on to it and bearing fruit with endurance. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So again, we look at the parable of the sower for the last time for a while anyway. Four weeks looking at different soils and how we can potentially parallel our lives to the various types of soil that Jesus makes reference to and how our life can be like any of those at given times. This morning we look at the last type of soil in the parable, the fertile soil that receives the seed, which is the word of God, and then produces much growth, much fruit. With the first three soils, we looked at how to deal with those conditions in our lives and how to become more open to the word of God. We even listed some of the things that could potentially cause us to be like the hardened path or the rocky soil or the thorny ground. And we surrendered to God those things which can cause those conditions in our lives. 
Also, last week we focused on the priority things that we really want to nurture rather than allow the thorns to choke them out of our lives. Now, to consider the fertile soil, which Jesus says represents the people who, having heard the word in a good and fertile heart, are holding on to it and bearing fruit with endurance. We think about how to become and how to remain those who are fertile soil and how to remain open and responsive to the word and the work of God in our lives. To begin, we need to remember that even fertile soil doesn't automatically remain fertile. We mentioned that fact when we were looking at that beaten down, hardened path. You don't have to talk to too many farmers or gardeners to know that even healthy, fertile soil has to be cared for. Years ago when I was serving at a, at a church in a farming community, I would hear the tobacco farmers talk about putting in a cover crop. Now, I'd never been around farming. I had no clue what a cover crop was. After they harvested their tobacco each year, they would come in and plant something on the ground like winter wheat because it would grow late in the year and pretty much survive all winter long until they were ready to, to go to the next spring planting and they could just plow that under. The winter wheat wasn't for harvesting. It was for the sole purpose of protecting the good topsoil rather than leave it vulnerable to wind and water erosion. Now it all makes sense to me after I'd seen them do that. And I'm sure a lot of you who are gardeners or no gardeners or farmers have heard about the practice of crop rotation. You may have learned it in schools even. Because when you plant the same crop in the same place all the time, it tends to zap the soil of all the nutrients that specific plant needs. Crop rotation achieves the result of different plants using different materials each year rather than putting the same plants in the same place to drain the soil. And in some cases, with some plants, they even put nutrients back into the soil so that it'll be healthier the next round when something else is planted there. Farming stuff. Some of you have known this kind of thing all of your life. Um, some of you, like me, not so much. Back to the fertile soil now that Jesus referred to as a healthy heart and soul in this parable. The same thing that is true for soil in which we grow vegetables and flowers is also true for the soil of our souls. The soil or soul that is healthy and receptive to the word of God needs care to stay that way. It's not enough to just get rid of or recover from unproductive soil conditions like being hardened or rocky or thorny. We have to intentionally become and then work at staying healthy soil. The soil of heart and soul. It needs protection from vulnerability so that life doesn't erode away the part of us that the heavenly gardener has been working to nurture. 
It requires fertilizing to replace spiritual nutrients that life drains away from us and a healthy rotation of the things which will feed our soul and keep us healthy. How to maintain the condition of healthy soil in our lives is not really a secret. For centuries, faithful Christians have practiced various spiritual disciplines for the purpose, the express purpose of getting to and remaining healthy soil. For example, some of you have read or heard of Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline. It's a great resource about spiritual disciplines, how to put them to use in our lives, how to practice them on a regular basis so that our life remains rich, soil, healthy, and receptive. Dallas Willard offers different lists of spiritual disciplines, but the same purpose, to keep us healthy and receptive. And you know there are plenty of resources and devotional books out there to help as well, some online, some in print, some you can find in our church library. All of those things we use as ways of allowing God to work in our lives and keep the soil of heart and soul fertile. But writers and teachers aren't the only ones who understand spiritual disciplines. There are people right here in this church, a lot, who have practiced things like prayer, Bible reading, fasting, simplicity, journaling, and other disciplines that help keep heart and soul fertile and healthy. I think a lot of us at least have an idea of a couple of those things that we could potentially use, practices and resources that can help in maintaining fertile soil in our soul. Maybe we haven't been super faithful at using them. Or maybe we need to be more intentional about expanding those resources so we're, we're fed a balanced diet, a rotating diet keep us healthy. For just a minute, I'd like you to think about resources and practices that could be useful for you. And if you've got a bulletin, I'd love for you to pull that out and on the opposite flap that you tore out to, to do your attendance registration, there's a little section on there that's labeled soil maintenance. For just a minute, I want you to take some time to write things down that could help you, could help us become and remain fertile ground. Just a short list. I want to give you a freebie. Your first one that you can write on there, Bible reading. That's a gimme. But I want you to take a second and write down some other things you can think of that can legitimately become tools in God's hands to keep us fertile and receptive to the Word of God. And if you like, during this minute or so, whisper to somebody next to you, turn around and talk to the person behind you and say, hey, what do you use? What do you read? What are your practices that help you remain strong in your relationship with Christ? Because I want to put it on my list and see about that. You got just a minute. Make your list, have a quick discussion with someone,
help each other go. continue to work on that list. If you didn't have a bulletin, you can grab one of those envelopes. If you're at home, scribble on something there handy for you. So we've thought a little, maybe even talked a little about what we do to remain healthy. But that's not the end. God has more. Look at this important reminder from Scripture that it is not all dependent on us only. This is Isaiah 32, verses 14 and 15. The prophet is warning God's people of what their rebellious life will be like, but also gives them hope that things can change. I'll pick up one verse before the words of hope. The palace will be empty. People will leave the noisy city Strong cities and towers will be empty. Wild donkeys will love to live there and sheep will go there to eat. Then it changes. This will continue until God pours his spirit from above upon us. Then the desert, which is representing their lives, will be like a fertile field and the fertile field like a forest. This work of remaining fertile is not just about what we do. Yes, it matters that we practice some things that will help us remain strong, but it's also about God's pouring His Spirit from above upon us. We have to be willing participants, but it's still the work of God. The ultimate factor in becoming and remaining fertile soil is the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. The one who is fully capable of taking dry, hardened soil, rocky ground, thorny parts of our lives and rescuing us from their destructive force and then restoring us to a condition of healthy and fertile, open and receptive to the word of God and the work of God in our lives. We are never, never locked into being one type of soil for the rest of our lives. Trust the Spirit. Surrender to the Spirit of God. He can work and will work to do this in our lives. Let me remind you of one more thing as we get ready to wrap up here. Becoming fertile soil, growing rich, healthy soil of our souls, is not the end Goal. The point of the parable is not that we get to the place of being fertile soil. That's just the means. The end goal is that we receive 
what God wants to plant in our heart and soul and allow it to grow into the produce of the kingdom. Getting to be fertile soil is great, but that's not the purpose. That's not the end. That's just God getting us ready, getting us to the place where he can use us even more. Planting his word in receptive hearts, transforming us through growth in our relationship with Christ and producing in us and through us the works of God that will change the world around us. Fertile soil is great. It's not the goal. The goal is for God to use our fertile soil for his glory and the furtherance of the kingdom. God is the gardener. We are the garden in which our Lord does his work. We are the ones in whom God grows the produce of the kingdom for the work of the king. The question is, even once we get to the point of becoming fertile, receptive soil, are we willing to become fruitful? Fruitful. Are we willing to surrender the soil of our souls to the Spirit of God who not only wants to plant seed, but also nurture those seeds through a growing season all the way to harvest time? When we finally begin to produce fruit for the kingdom, the heavenly gardener has taken us through one season of preparing the soil, planting the seed, nurturing the plants, and harvesting the fruit. The question now becomes, how willing are we to commit to allowing God to take us all the way through the growing season, ending in a fruitful harvest? What are we willing to commit to so the soil of our souls gets to be and remains fruitful? A minute ago, you made a list of some practices and resources that can ultimately lead to fertile soil and then to kingdom produce. That next little section of your bulletin right under where you were writing before is labeled commitments to fruitfulness. I want you to do just a little more writing, and this is just for you. I want you to write in this section what practices and resources you're actually willing to commit to in the journey toward kingdom fruitfulness. This is the so what part. Okay, yeah, we thought about the soils. We've talked about them and how to become fertile soil and all. Okay, it's all good. But the goal is fruitfulness, not just being good soil. If the goal is fruitfulness, what are we willing to do? What are we willing to commit to to become fruitful? What are you willing to commit to that will not only keep the soil of your soul fertile, but that it will lead to God-honoring fruit? We need to ask ourselves questions like, am I really, really willing to read my Bible? to pray, to serve, to witness, to give for the kingdom. This is not about what we know. We know about soils. We know what the word of God is. 
This is about what we're really willing to do in response to God's word in our lives. So on that second part of the list, take a minute to prayerfully consider and then write out for you what you're willing to allow God to use in your life over the next weeks and months to make you not only receptive soil, but a garden in which the seed of God grows to fruition and the fruit of the kingdom begins to prosper and others are blessed. Take just a minute and add to your list there. Lord, we give ourselves to you. In whatever soil condition our lives may be, in whatever place we find ourselves in a journey with you, we give ourselves to you. Take us and do the heavenly gardening work that you have planned for us. Help us to receive openly the word of God. To be lives in which that word takes root and grows, ultimately leading to the produce of the kingdom that can be harvested in a way that blesses the lives of others. Take us, make us yours for that purpose. When our soil needs caring for, tending, changing. We give ourselves to you for that. When the plants need nurturing and growing, we give ourselves to you there. And ultimately, God, for your glory, we offer to you any fruit that grows in our lives, which you've caused. Take us and use us as you grow the produce of the kingdom in our lives. We are yours for your purpose and for your glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.